Hello, and welcome to the Jill Cruz podcast. In today's episode, I speak with my friend and colleague, Dr. Sandra Lewis of The Living Source. And Dr. Sandra is a psychologist and a professor, and she talks about her experience in having a major, major burnout and her journey, you know, the things that led to her getting to that extreme level of burnout and what she did to overcome it. We talk about a lot of really interesting things around burnout and, you know, not really putting other people before ourselves, which is something that a lot of women do. And uh, we've kind of, a lot of us have been taught to do that and to put ourselves last. So this is a great episode with Dr. Sandra Lewis about what she did to overcome her burnout. Hello, Dr. Sandra. Welcome to the podcast today. Thank you, Jill, for having me. It's so nice to be here talking with you about health and health journeys today. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I love I love your work. And, and I feel like you and I are so aligned philosophically about so many things. So super excited to have you here. And um, yeah. so I will start off with a question. I I'm wondering if there's an experience that you've had in your life that really was monumental for you, meaningful for you, that for, for your journey, you know, toward better health. Are there any stories that you can tell us something that changed your life? Mm, yes. Oh, gosh, for sure. The story, one of the stories that stands out in my mind is my worst burnout episode. And in that worst burnout episode, it hit home. When I was driving into my office, I turned into the driveway to go to the parking lot and immediately started to feel my chest, my heart beating out of my chest. And I was panicking. I was anxious. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm a psychologist. I know what this is. This is like a panic attack. This is like an anxiety attack. And literally, it was bad enough that all I really wanted to do was to turn around on that one way street and go the other way, which I knew I couldn't do. But that was... The call, like that was like my body saying enough. My body said, my mind said enough. Everything in me said enough. And so I parked my car and I went into the office and I started looking for what are the resources I have to be able to actually take time off. I looked at my checkbook. I did everything because in that moment, I just knew I could not go back to work. I knew that that was the day that I had to leave, that I had to take time away. So I was willing to take a leave of absence with no pay. So I I literally that day started looking, how can I do without pay? What do I have? What's coming up? And thankfully, I was in an organization where I could actually take a leave and and actually get some support. But I also called my doctor because Mm -hmm. I would say, I'm not trying to do this by myself. I don't know what's going on here. I need help. I started doing more yoga. I was very much doing yoga, but... The job, you know, the work I was doing, I was so immersed in it that I really anything, any energy I was building, I was expending it, you know, Mm. pushing so hard to get a big project done. And I worked on the project for a couple of years. I'm just curious what work you were doing. It sounds like it, it wasn't work that you didn't like. It was more just not taking care of yourself. But I'm curious what. Yes. What work were you doing? Yeah, I was working as a professor and really working on a project to help build our organization. Mm-hmm. And it was very, you know, I wanted the project to work very badly. Right? Mm-hmm. I really wanted it to work. 
and there was this team of us. We pulled it together like for a couple of years and we had some setbacks, but we kept pushing. And I was one of the team leaders. So I really felt it my responsibility to give 187%. So wow. I was given 187%. And then I just dis- discovered that I was kind of pushing a lot harder than I needed to, but I also mm. recognized there were some things happening behind the scenes that were un- unexpected that some some people were actually kind of undoing the work that a lot of us were doing. So there was kind of an unfairness that was happening and the burden was just too heavy. I also lost track of why the project was important to me. I was just in the get it done mode. And I just, it was almost like I disconnected and became somewhat robotic, but not completely robotic. And just pushing to the point that my body was like, this thing is going to fall apart and you can't hold it together. Because in the back of my mind, it was like, oh, my God, I see things not coming together. And so the more I had this worry that I didn't have the resources to pull it together, the more my, I started to get this anxious. But I kept pushing it back. Keep wow. doing the work, push the anxiety back, do the work, push the anxiety back until that yeah. day when it was like the project was pretty much complete. That's like a vicious cycle. Yeah. Project was pretty much at its completion as we could bring it to completion. And I just I just drove into the driveway and my body was like, you can't go back here. You just, you mm-hmm. have to take time away. You have to, you just can't. And I knew that I couldn't go back to work. Um, I had to take time off. So during this time when you were really embroiled in this project and feeling like, it was never enough. And that was causing more anxiety and kind of this vicious cycle. Were there things physically that you, like if you were in that situation now, you would be like, oh, I would do this. I would do that. Like whether it was nutritional or, you know, like you said, yoga or meditation or sleep, like what were the things that you were really neglecting? I was pretty good about eating and doing yoga, but I wasn't really good about like allowing myself to actually take in the nurturance from things I was doing. Like, it's like Mm. we can eat, but if we don't digest it well, our body can't Mm -hmm. use it. And I was kind of in that mode. Okay. I had my smoothie. I can have this. Okay. I did this. I did this. And it was more like checklisting all the Mm -hmm. things I did. Mm -hmm. I went to yoga. I did this. And there was no really like allowing myself to integrate like Wow. Does that make sense to you? Like I couldn't I couldn't get any nurturance in so that I could allow myself to thrive. I'd have made better decisions. Right. I would have asked for more help. Right. I would have said no to some things. I would have asked for extensions. I would have talked with my team a little bit more intimately about things. Right. Mm -hmm. So where I feel like I fell apart was my self-care became more of a checklist. Right. Than a way of life. Right. It was like, wow, I'm doing these things. But I'm not really allowing myself to take it in. I'm not allowing myself to say, okay, I just had this apple. All right. I just finished my yoga class. Right. And I just can mm-hmm. be with my experience. I can be with that and allow my body to integrate and allow mm-hmm. myself to even process my emotions. That's the other part of it is that yeah. I wasn't processing the anxiety that I was feeling. I was just mm-hmm. getting through it. Yeah. And kind of squashing it down squashing it because I didn't feel like there was anybody who could help me, right? Mm. I was like, I'm, I'm going to go this. I just got to do this, right? And we just got to make this work. So yeah. 
that sort of lack of support, you know, that just going in and trying to use all of my resources to take care of everything is what got me to that point where I felt like I didn't have anything to give. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of, I feel like this is a very like New York, New Jersey thing. It's like, get out of my way. I have to hurry up and get to my meditation class, you know? Yes, Got to hurry up and check that, check that one off the list. You know? <laughs> hurry up. I don't want to miss my parking spot. You know, wait a minute. Somebody might get in my spot in the room. I got to hurry up and get to the room. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Right. So you spend half the yoga sessions calming down. <laughs> right, 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 right. Now I have a question. Do you, what do you think was at the root? Cause I, I found it very interesting when you said that you felt like you, you didn't have other resources or, you know, it sounds like you felt very alone in all of this. And was there a fear of failure or fear of what other people would think of you? Like, did you have kind of this existential kind of fear going on or what, what do you think was like kind of underneath that anxiety? Yeah. Not so much a fear of failure as a sort of sense that I have to do it. Like, this sense mm. that I have to carry it. I have to make sure this happens. Even if other people don't do their part, I have to take up the slack. I have to fix it. I have to figure out, oh, when this person didn't do this, I need to make sure it gets done. Mm. So it was really, part of it was my own, you know, being the problem solver, right? right. Part of me who's the problem solver, who wants something to go well. And I was, I was also had this vision of where the organization could be at the point that we finished this, like I was like, this can be so good for so many people. So that mm -hmm. commitment I have to like this bigger vision, also like that's a strength, right? That's why people ask me to do things. But when I I, I give in to just trying to do it all on my own mm -hmm. and thinking I have to do it all on my own, that's when that sort of works against me. Right? Yeah, so it's like a boundary that issue. Commitment I have. Yeah. Like taking on too much responsibility. Exactly. Taking on too much responsibility. And then oftentimes being in an organization where there are also so many responsibilities you ask for, there are actually way too many already. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm taking on extra ones that I don't need to take on. I can still, I can let that be right. Somebody else's to do. So being able to say to myself that because somehow if the project didn't go well, that seemed like I failed. Like I didn't right. do a good job. I wasn't supposed mm -hmm. to, right? But the project wasn't about me. Mm -hmm. Somehow though, it was about me, but it really yeah. wasn't, right? Mm -hmm. I was working trying to make this big thing for like everybody to benefit, but somehow if it didn't happen, I would have, you know, like, wow, messed up this thing that was so perfect for everybody. Right. Um, so right. that's one thing. But the other part is that sort of feeling of responsibility, Mm -hmm. Right. That I have to carry people that yeah. it's my responsibility to be the person that carries and supports others. And that feeling that would be the issue. Right, 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 right. It's like trying to control all these things that are actually I mean, part of it, I think, is that, you know, these some of these things are outside of the realm of your control and you're trying yeah. so hard to Absolutely. hang on. And meanwhile, you're shoving mm -hmm. down your anxiety and you're hurrying up to get to your yoga class. It's like a frenetic kind of energy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, again, I, I love New York. I'm from New York my whole life. But like, I think there's something about being in the Northeast of America that we, we really, really are good at that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I Just agree. getting it done. I agree. 
I learned that well. But I also I think I learned it from people in my childhood, too, who sometimes mm-hmm. didn't really have resources. And so their way was to just yes. have to ignore the pain and you have to push through the pain. So I learned that. I learned how to do that really well. Survival. You just you survive. If you survive long enough, you might get to thrive. But you got to survive first. Mm, it's almost like a fear of like you know, indulging in being able to have people help you, you know, mm-hmm. like, like if you, if you kind of learn from your childhood that, you know, you got to do it on your own and, and there's no one there for you, then that's that learned behavior that you have. Now, do you see this? Cause what you're describing feels like stuff that I've seen with clients <laughs> that I've had, you know, those oh, set like- of circumstances are a little bit different, but that yeah. idea of like really taking on way too much responsibility and, f- and really it's like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. Absolutely. And yeah. do you see this? Cause you work with women who are kind of getting burnt out or maybe they've already been burnt out and they're, they're looking yeah. for help. Uh, you see this a lot. Absolutely. This, and you know, many times, right. We can, the patterns that we pick up that, are oftentimes the things that are strengths that become weaknesses in some in some ways, right? Mm. You know, that, that strength that people have to really be able to be in command, to be leaders. But then they take on too much. They take right. on too much and they try to do more jobs than they can. And I think for me, sometimes that, that does come from a history and a heritage where there were real social issues like racism yeah. and poverty and stuff like that, that like yeah. you couldn't just beat that back. <laughs> to figure yes. out, like, yes. I'm going to have to suck this up, right? So yeah. so some of that, you know, comes from the social realities that yeah. people face. And I think that, you know, sometimes it just becomes like, okay, this is the way. And so when I see the unfairness in my environment, it sort of triggers that same, like, oh, God, I'm in that unfair environment. Shoot, mm-hmm. There's not going to be anybody here to help me. I just got to get this thing done. I just got to yeah. do it. Right. Yeah. I'm th- right. So that's what gets triggered. And I, I think that can also happen for women, that mm-hmm. women sometimes feel like black or white women or green or purple women. We have this sense that we are the ones who are responsible for other people's well-being. Yeah. And if we push and get things done, that's our reward, whether or not we shine, whether or yeah. not right, we actually get what we really want can mm-hmm. be put second. So yeah. I think some of that was in there, too. But the, the positive thing about Agile is that when you start to be aware of those patterns, we can shift them. We can. And that's what happened for me when I took that time off and created this plan. I had to create a plan. I had to work with my care providers to create a plan so that I could come back to me. Mm-hmm. Right? Because all the brilliance that I was like dousing with the anxiety, right? I was mm-hmm. covering with the anxiety. I needed that back. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Like I have um, some uh, training. I'm I'm a, a certified big leap coach, and one of the things that I've learned, they're both psychologists. Uh, one thing that I've learned from them is that when you have that big adrenaline rush all the time, it dampens your creativity. So they they often will say, you know, when you when you release that all of these, the anxiety, the worry, the issues, the trying to control this stuff. It's like this adrenaline rush. When you can kind of release that, then all of a sudden creativity, more creativity opens up. That just kind of reminded me when you said that. So what are, what are like the top 
couple of things that you did. I mean, definitely, I'm sure you had to work on your boundaries at work. That was oh, that part absolutely. of your yeah, healing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I'm going to tell you, though, the biggest thing, Jill, was coming back to what what the work meant to me and what I meant mm-hmm. to the work, right? There's, so it really was getting in touch with my purpose again. I disconnected from like why this was even important to me. Like, why did I even start doing this work? Why was mm-hmm. I here? What did I really think was the outcome? And how did that fit with me being me in the world? So after this experience, I came up with this question to ask myself to help me reset when I feel myself going down one of these patterns that is counterproductive or could lead me back to a negative place or a place where I feel like I'm suffering. It's what I call mm-hmm. negative. And that question was, what does this have to do with who I came to the world to be? Oh, wow. Meaning, how does this align with my purpose? Mm. Yeah, how does this align with my purpose? Because I've had purpose clarity for a long time. Like, I feel like that's a blessing to me. Yeah. And I've had purpose clarity. I really understand, like, who I am. I have a deeper, deep understanding of that and how I want to share that in the world whether it's with my family and my career or even with myself. In, in this case, I really left out sharing my own goodness with me. I was cutting mm-hmm. myself off. So the, the experience really brought me to this place of coming back to what really is meaningful to me. And that first, that's first purpose, just mm-hmm. being aligned with my purpose, what I value, who I see myself to be in the world, and then making judgments about where to put my energy based on how these things align with me. I see. It gives you immediate clarity. Like, hey, that's Sandra, you know, you want to you want to go to the, oh, this party or you want to go to this meeting or you want to take on this new project. It's like, well, wait a minute, let me pause. Let me ask myself that question. And that that's all. It's your compass, it sounds like, for yeah. making mm-hmm. decisions about probably all kinds of things in your life. So that's brilliant. Okay. And that's, I think that's a super helpful uh, tip actually here for whoever is listening to kind of reorient yourself and ask yourself this question, which is, you know, how is this meaningful to me? Or does it align with my purpose? Uh, or what was the first one you said? What does this have to do with who I came to the world to be? Yes. <laughs> what does this have to do with who I came to the world to be? That's what I asked yes. myself. Yes, yeah. I yeah. love that because it's it's broad, you know, it feels very it feels very loving to to yourself and giving yourself respect and honoring your purpose in life and it just feels yeah. I love yeah. that. What does this have to do with yeah. who I came <laughs> in, to be in this world? No, who <laughs> say yeah. one more time. <laughs> yeah. What does this have to do with who I came to the world to be? Yes, who I came to the world to be. Oh. And so beautiful. Yeah. I got goosebumps from that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think I like the, the point you made about giving yourself grace and self-compassion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's something else I've had to grow into because it's not something that I was necessarily taught. Right? right. I was taught about grace as a kid because my family was very, very much spiritual. Mm-hmm. And so grace was something that God granted you all the time. But I never had learned to grant myself grace, mm. you know, until until that moment when I said, hmm, my body said, no, you can't go back. My emotion says you can't go back. You're going to have to give yourself some grace. You don't have to be the one to solve all these problems. And I was perfectly willing to turn it all over to everybody else. Yeah. Because I was it was clear, like 
it was either that or destroying myself, right? Right, right, right. So it wasn't, no, nothing is worth destroying me. Then, of course, everything's gone, right? The, everything I wanted to do is over. So the giving myself grace and being comfortable with slowing down and taking a pause was, you know, as powerful as me taking on a leadership role. Wow. That's amazing. And, and earlier, when we first got on the call, before we started recording, you and I were talking about something that just came up for me. And that was, you said that, you know, your body always knows or your body always is, it's going to matter. Maybe you can say it the way that you were saying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your, my, my teacher, uh, my Qigong grandmaster says, your body never lies. Your right? body never lies. And I yeah. often say that to my clients that your body will always speak the truth to you. Mm, like there's mm. no way for you to have a pain and your body just be and your body will all of a sudden say, Oh, psych, I was just playing, <laughs> that wasn't pain. Right. Like, your body's just not doing that, right? Yeah. It's never doing that. Yeah. Your body's always gonna be telling you the truth. And it will tell you the truth about what you need physically, emotionally, and mentally. And it was so clear to me, right? All of that heart beating, that wanting to like grab and wanting to like turn my car around in the middle of a road, all that. That was my body telling me, right? All of those emotional cues and all those mental health cues were coming through my body. So if we listen, our body will tell us about what we need physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, for that matter. We just have to listen. Mm, That's beautiful. Wow. Well, I could just keep going on and on and on all day with you, <laughs> talking to you about this stuff. But, you know, we, we to respect your time, uh, I think we'll end there. But I appreciate all of those wonderful words of wisdom that you have and also for sharing your story so openly. I appreciate it. I think I oh, think people. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's 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 really important for all of us to be a little bit more vulnerable and honest because there's a lot of, you know, we we see like the perfect you know, exterior thing going on, like on Instagram or TikTok, but people are not revealing the pain that's, you know, all of us have stories that, that are usually were very painful that led us to a place where, okay, well, I kind of, I figured out a couple things now, you know, (laughs) and and I can, I think I could help other people, but, you know, I, I think it's much more, it's more welcoming and relatable when, we just share honestly, like, hey, I'm not perfect. I've had my struggles and still have, we still have our struggles, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's life. And maybe just we just need a new definition of perfect. Perfect could include, you know, how you get those clothes yeah. and they say the natural tendency of this fabric. You may see yes. some imperfections, the bumps here. That's the perfection of the fabric. Oh, I love that. Oh, I got goosebumps again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just redefine perfect. We are. This is exactly as we're supposed to be. We are exactly as we're supposed to be. I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Sandra. I I appreciate your spending time with me today. Thank you for having me, Jill. It's always great to talk to you. Thank you for listening to that amazing episode with Dr. Sandra Lewis. And Dr. Sandra Lewis, the name of her company is The Living Source. And her website is lifeinfourpartharmony.com. That's life in the number four, partharmony.com. And uh, she is a psychologist and she helps women to overcome exhaustion and overwhelm and burnout. And she has a gift as well. 
She has a giveaway that's uh, to get six simple strategies for big relief from exhaustion and overwhelm for heart-led women professionals. And that is tinyurl.com forward slash energize her. tinyurl.com forward slash energize her. And if you would like to learn more and get more inspiration around healthy, happy weight loss, you can check out our blog at winweightloss.com forward slash blog. That's W-Y-N weightloss.com forward slash blog. Yeah.